What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Lauda, what do you have? All right, so you guys all know I am not an Angels fan at all, but I am a fan of this. Shohei Otani, and I hope I said his name right because... You did. Okay, nice good. Job. He allegedly is donating his winnings from the Home Run Derby to the members of the Angels staff. And I was like, yo, that's dope. He donated $150,000. And um, I think it was spread around like the trainers, members of the media relations department, clubhouse staff. And I was like, that's so dope. Like, I love when athletes do this type of stuff. Yeah, I thought it was pretty awesome. I saw the um, the story yesterday or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, look, he seems like a great dude. He smiles a lot. He seems like he generally is having fun out there. And and I again, Capital, I think you mentioned this the other day, right? Like, um the way you treat people is important. And I, I think that the fact is he treated not only the people on the training staff, et cetera, but the PR staff, right? Like to get those guys, because those guys, they have a tough job some days, right? It's not easy dealing with the media each and every day. And especially baseball, such a long season. There's a lot going on there. Um, and a lot of different personalities to have to deal with. So I'm glad that he took care of all those guys, the training staff, but including the, the PR staff as well. Wonder if he needed an interpreter to give away all that money. I mean, my goodness, so much was made of that. It was so dumb. But here's what I want to say. George, as you are well aware, star players oftentimes will give gratuities to clubhouse staff and trainers and and all these types of people. Um, But you never really hear about them taking care of the PR types. What I love about this story is this. It's 150 grand, and let's just say it's divided by 20 people i'm trying to do the math real quick and somebody could check my math but i would say that's probably like five thousand dollars per person that's a lot of money you know and if you're a if you're a pr person and you're not making like not everybody makes big money in pro sports everybody wants to work for a team but the general manager he makes or she makes a lot of money not necessarily the guy who's running the pr department or the assistant in the pr department so, look, I think it's a beautiful gesture. It really does tell you more about Otani than we really know. Yeah, we can see him hitting bomb home runs 400 feet, but to see that he's so respectful of the people around him, dude, I could keep going on and on about this. I love the story, and I honestly think, Laura, as much as you're saying you have no interest in the Angels, like we should all, I think, do a better job, and I don't mean just us, I mean every sports fan, of paying a little bit more attention. They've got one of the most incredible players on the planet right now in our backyard that many of us barely pay attention to other than one guy. Uh, look, I think there's a lot of guys on that roster that are really good. David Fletcher, I, I believe, I don't know if he still has a 26-game hitting streak, but he had one going into the weekend. <laughs> um, he, he's been incredible. <laughs> uh, and, you know, Jared Walsh was an all-star too. Like, they, they've got guys. I mean, Anthony Rendon hasn't played up to the you know, abilities that we, they expected. Um, and Justin Upton's a good player. Their biggest problem, I mean, is you know they can't pitch uh, all that well. But nonetheless, they've got good. Te- they got a, a, like a fun little team to watch for sure. You know, I mean, you, Greg, even you have to admit that. Yeah, absolutely. You hear about guys like a quarterback at the end of the season buys everybody on his offensive line a Rolex, and you go, "Wow, what a gesture! That's really cool." You know, or you hear about a baseball player that took care of a clubhouse attendant and put cash in their pocket. Really cool, but hey, it's 150 grand. I earned it in the in the All Star game for the home run derby. 150 grand is not going to really help me. It's not going to change my life that much. I'm talking about Otani; it would change my life. Um, 
And you know what? Five for you, five for you, five for you. Dude, that's that's life-changing for people, and I think it's freaking cool. Yeah, no question about it. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo. Play it safe. Good times. Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, that is the wrong read. I'm so used to saying it the other way. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times. Less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. All right, so I saw Space Jam this weekend. Oh, really? I did. Let me ask a question. Did you see it in the theater, or did you see it on like HBO Plus? Okay. Uh, HBO Max. Max Plus, yeah. Max Plus, yes. Yeah. I saw it. I saw it with my seven-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. She loved it. It was a cute little kid's movie, and that was it. I feel like all these people that are reviewing this movie are reviewing it as if it's a movie made for adults. <laughs> like, like you got to understand who the audience is. Now, look, like every good kid's movie, there are some funny things that the adults will laugh at. Like, there are a lot of references to the original Space Jam. Um, there are also some funny references making fun of LeBron. Like, when they have to fight, you know, play against the super team, the alien super team or whatever it is. You know, the guy says to him, what do you think this is, the Miami Heat? You know what I'm saying? That's like, it, there, there are some funny lines in the movie, even for adults. But it's a kid's movie. So and my kid was cracking up a bunch of times, and I asked her at the end, did you like the movie? She's like, yeah, it was awesome. And I, that's it. That's the takeaway. I, I think that everyone that is sitting here reviewing this movie you have to understand who the audience is and who it's made for. And by the way, it made $32 million opening weekend. It, it, it took out Black Widow, the Marvel movie. Wow. Okay, I haven't seen it yet. And I'll be honest, you guys know me. I'm probably not going to Never see it. Never going to see it. Yeah, but here's yeah. what I heard. Yeah. I, heard, I heard the first 20 minutes of the movie is just like one giant homage to LeBron. It's and not 20 greatness. minutes. It's literally like less than two. <laughs> okay. I'm just telling you what I've heard so far. By the way, George, I want to qualify my what I've heard. The person who told me this, LeBron hater, just to be clear, LeBron right. hater, who went to the movie theater and told me he spent like 50 bucks to go see this movie, also took a child. And I was told first 20 minutes, it's all just one giant homage to LeBron. And then after that, it becomes a cute kids movie. By the way, brilliant, brilliant piece of marketing for LeBron. Because if, you're, if your daughter's seven years old and she sees Space Jam, by the time she's 25 and LeBron's career is long over, she's always going to remember LeBron James. So brilliant by LeBron. Anybody else here see Space Jam yet? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it with my daughter. She liked it. I mean, it was fine. It was a Space Jam movie, like George was saying. It was a, it was a kid's movie. I, there's so many people that are out there talking about it like it's supposed to be Shawshank Redemption, and it's just that's just not <laughs> what it was supposed to be. So I, I enjoyed it. It was a Space Jam movie. It was Looney Tunes. So like, wait, you mean to tell me that people are not going to be angry when LeBron does not win an Academy Award for Space Jam? People are not, are, they're not going to be up no. in arms? Like, how could he not? How could they not give that to him? No, no, it's not going right. to get that far. I mean, it was, it was fine. It was a, it was a different take on the original Space Jam movie and like George said they made fun of the original which I thought was pretty cool so yeah it was fine it was good yeah okay. there were some really funny moments there, like, was. I, there were some like gen- like I'm an adult you know so it you know it, it is what it is like it, it's not meant for me but there were at least a few moments where I laughed and that's all I wanted and by the way there was an interesting plot twist at the end I thought near the end like literally in the last three or four minutes where I was like no way they're gonna do that that was something I didn't see coming. Is this the first time you've ever seen a movie that was just released at home on TV on a streaming service? Or do you see... Because I would think that many people would want to see this in the theater. And I just... I'm not going pers- to no theater, bro. I already told you that it's not happening. 
Not happening. Not yeah, I watched In the Heights at home. That was out in the theater. So watched good. a watched a couple movies that have come out on HBO. Yeah, I'm not, mm-hmm. I, and, and yeah, I'm, I pay for HBO Max, number one, yep. so I can watch it on HBO Max. Yeah. I don't have to go to the theater, and I'm not going to the theater. Like, that's just, it's not an experience. I, I didn't care for it all that much to begin with. I was, I thought I was going to watch Black Widow on Disney Plus, and I pay for Disney Plus. But then I was told that it's another $30 to see Black Widow. And I just didn't really have that much interest in it at the beginning. So I was like, all right, well, I'm not, I don't really need to go pay 30 bucks to see a movie that I'm going to wind up having to pause 10 times because I'm tweeting, I'm texting, I'm emailing, I'm doing a million other things because it's not keeping my interest. But, I, but the HBO side of this, George, check me on this. You, have a, um, you already have a membership or you're already paying for it, and right. Space Jam was part of it. You didn't have to pay on top of it. Is that right? Correct. Yep. Mm. Nope. Okay. And, and Greg, I, did you say you saw it at home or did you say you saw it in a no, no, no. I saw it at home. I saw it on HBO Max also. Okay, got it. Got and it. Black Laura? Widow, by the way, was great. And, and did you see it in a theater? Or I, saw it, it I saw it at Mason Movie Night, yeah. Got it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. When Mason left his own movie night, right? <laughs> when you cheated, Greg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Laura, have you seen Space Jam yet? Pff, no, I'm good. Pff, what? Because you're a LeBron hater, so therefore no, you're not even going to see it? No. She no. respects him. I do respect him. I just don't... Look, if my niece wants to watch it, my goddaughter's like, Nina, can we watch it? I'm like, of course, because whatever she wants, I'll do. But am I going to like... Bro, I work two jobs. I don't got time for that. No, I'm good. All right, bro. I, I feel you. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that either. Plus, she's also a LeBron hater. Let's be real. Right. Let, let's not... throw that that's, in. That's the top. biggest part of all of <laughs> right. this, yes. You know what? Right. I told Greg, was I was like, KD, it wasn't was me. Because <laughs> his Kaplan's like a LeBron hater said whatever, it and I was, was like, it Laura. wasn't me. I was no. like, and it literally, not a hater. I'm telling you that it's like two minutes. It's literally the opening of the movie. Like it Isn't just that goes funny through. Well, because it starts off. It, look, spoiler alert. It, it, you know, I will tell you right now. And if you don't want to hear it, just turn the volume down for literally 30 seconds. Count it down if you want, and I will be done. Uh, the beginning of the movie. Hope you've turned your volume down, and we'll be back in 30 seconds. Um, is it starts as him as a child, like LeBron the child playing basketball, the coach teaching him there's a certain way to play. You have a special talent. You need to play a certain way. You got to be serious. Don't be playing video games, yada, yada. You can help your family and your mom and everybody, yada, yada. So it's just that. It's that. And then it go. it shows him going through his career as a basketball player it shows highlights of him in high school when he gets drafted when he's playing for the Cavs when he's playing for the Heat when he's playing for the Cavs again when he's playing for the Lakers and and then that's it like it's literally like a two-minute thing like that's all it is well I'm it's funny because the the take from a LeBron hater is man they spent the first 20 minutes of this movie talking about how great LeBron is and it's a big homage to LeBron and, I, and I'm like, oh, man, really? I'm surprised to hear that. I, I, I didn't know that. But, George, you're telling me it's a, it's a quickie. I mean, well, I mean, the actual, like, clips of his career is like two minutes. The first five minutes maybe is the thing about setting the tone for the stuff when he was a kid because in theory, and with 30 seconds are up, so I don't want to keep doing this. But basically, <laughs> it just it sets the tone for the movie and his relationship yeah. with his kids yeah. is what I'm saying. Yeah, and listen, I, I think that if LeBron were still playing in Cleveland, he could still be the star of the next generation's Space Jam. Yes. But coming to the Lakers, that's what this was all about from the beginning for me. It's, yes, winning a championship. Winning a championship with the crown jewel franchise of the league. But all of the entertainment production stuff that LeBron has gotten himself so deep into – 
That's the marriage between not just the Lakers franchise, but the city of Los Angeles and the entertainment industry in Los Angeles and the brand and the economy that is LeBron James. Yes. Makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, 100%. So if you didn't like the movie as an adult, I mean, of course, it wasn't made for you. <laughs> like, that's it. My, the audience is a seven-year-old, and my seven-year-old really, really liked it. So there you go. Um, right. My seven-year-old likes those kind of movies because who doesn't – you know, first of all, my seven-year-old ba- barely knew the Looney Tunes characters because those aren't cartoons that people see now. Right. So my now- job was explaining to her – who everybody was like, right, who are these beyond, people? I mean, I guess she knew Bugs Bunny a little bit, but beyond that, like she didn't know who Porky Pig was and Daffy Duck was and Sylvester the Cat and Tweety Bird and, you know, Lola and all these people. She didn't know who any of these people were granny, you know, like so I had to explain that part to her. I really think I got to get this HBO streaming service because I don't currently have it. Do but it. you know what? I, do you have I'm HBO? Still, yeah, but and, so then and, you have HBO Max if you want it. Oh, I do. Oh, my yes. God. You don't oh, have to pay on top so, of that. No, no, because no, I feel so dumb because I have like all the HBOs, all the Cinemaxes and Showtimes. Then and you I have swear, HBO Max. Can I just tell you, I can't remember the last time I watched on my cable, okay? Which I can't remember the last time I went, you know, I wonder what's on HBO tonight. Or I can't remember the last time I went, what's a series that I'm watching on HBO or Showtime? Maybe Game of Thrones? Maybe Homeland on Showtime? Oh, I, I, okay. I, I can tell you that on the other side. Plus, we have breaking Dodgers news. So we're going to be back in two minutes and 15 seconds. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ooh, Smash Mouth. Are they at some festival or something this summer that I didn't know about? Anniversary. Anniversary? 24 years ago, this song came out in 1997. Is this like their only song, though, I feel like? No, they had other songs. <laughs> I saw them once in concert, not because I wanted to see them. They were the opening act for U2. Um, one of their, I don't remember which tour it was, but they were the opening act for U2. It had to be in the 90s. Um, yeah, it was probably 97, now that I think about it. Remember the song um, All-Star? Hey, man. You're oh, there, you're an All-Star. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, did yeah. That. that was them, Turn too. Turn your game on. Yeah, play. Hey, <laughs> right. now. You're an All-Star. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, they had a bunch of other ones, too, but those were, like, the two main ones. This one was very, very popular for a very long time. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, impressed that you came up with Smash Mouth right away. Yeah, you didn't, wouldn't, you, didn't, you weren't familiar nah, with it? Nah, nah, it would have taken me time. They have a distinct sound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I, would, sure. I would go, no, I know I know them, I know yeah. the song, I just, I would be like, nah, yeah. I know the name of the band. They opened for you, too. It was 97. I was wow. right. Um it was the Pop Mart tour. Uh, I remember that tour because it was a, mostly a stadium tour for you two. And and I, there you go. This was all. This is in Shrek, right? Wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, I remember that tour because Bono would come through the crowd in the stadium in like fighters garb, like a robe and boxing gloves, and it was crazy. So, but I do remember Smash Mouth and me thinking like, oh yeah, whatever. <laughs> like I'm gonna go get a drink first, real quick, before YouTube comes up. 
Yeah, tell me when they sing their two songs. Yeah. I'll be back. So, yeah. Uh, speaking of festivals, Pearl Jam, the headline Ohana Festival. I know we talked about this a while back, but the tickets go on sale tomorrow. No oh, way, I'm sorry, really? Friday, Friday, Friday oh, at wow. 1 o'clock. Friday. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you just told me that. At, at now, data point. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm rarely one of those kinds of people that like has it on my calendar and then tries to buy tickets, but this would be different. This would be special. It's local. It's your backyard. It's Eddie Vedder's festival. It's his it's Pearl Jam plan. I mean, this is this would be a tough ticket to get. This this would be good. Yeah. Friday, huh? So Friday on sale. Yeah. Okay. There you have it. Putting that in my uh, calendar. So we have breaking Dodgers news. Greg, what is the breaking Dodgers news? Oh, and by the way, we need to tell you that breaking news. Uh, is powered by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive-through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com for locations and game-winning coupons. Go ahead, Greg. So Corey Seager was on the field today taking some swings, and Dave Roberts has said that he is a real possibility that he could be back in the lineup on Wednesday. Well, that's good because Boogie Betts is not in the lineup tonight because his hip thing is a thing um, that he, you know, <laughs> and it was crazy um, because he was having a great game that day. He hit uh, a couple of bombs in that game. And he, it was like his – I want to say his second to last at bat is where he – you could tell he heard it because he was wincing in, in the uh, dugout and then went out there again to try to do it again and was really wincing, and that's when he left the game when he hit that double at the end. Yeah, and earlier today when I was looking up who the starting lineups were, Mookie was listed in the starting lineups as, as obviously leading off. And I was like, okay, so this hip thing maybe isn't a thing. But now, this afternoon, I thought the breaking news that you were going to actually talk about was not that Seager's coming back, although uh, I guess Dave Roberts had just said that a few moments ago. I actually thought it was that Mookie Betts won't be in the lineup tonight. This is, look, this is such an important series. And I'm telling you, George, it's such an important seven games of the next ten games. Dodgers, Giants, obvious rivalry. First place Giants, second place Dodgers who've climbed back in. They're only a game back. You got four games now, three games against Colorado, then three games at San Francisco. If you're going to make your move without Kershaw right now, hopefully Seager's back in the lineup. With Lux out right now, with Mookie's status up in the air, still obviously people don't think Bauer's going to be back, and people have called for the Dodgers to get rid of him. All of these different things circulating around this team, and they're still just a game back. And again, 7 of 10 against the first-place team. If you're going to make your move, Dodger fans, this is the time for the Dodgers to do it. So I, I agree, um, and I think that this is definitely the time. Also, by the way, the Padres have less games against playoff-caliber-type opponents uh, the remaining way. So if you're the Dodgers, you need to take advantage of this time because you have more than they do uh, by about nine or ten more games. And the Giants have even more games against playoff-caliber opponents than the Dodgers do. So I, I feel like... All three teams will be in the playoffs, but it, it'll the where they're positioned will be different, perhaps, uh, moving forward. And I, I, I'll say this. I'm going to ask this of Greg, because I feel like this is a great Greg question, because he loves the nerdy baseball talk. Yeah. So I look at the landscape, right, as the deadline is coming up here. And I also look at not just the deadline, but I look at the offseason. So this upcoming offseason, there are a lot of bats, right? A lot of bats that are going to be free agents, right? Nick Castellanos could opt out. There's just like a bunch of dudes uh, that could be available this offseason. Now, there's not a lot of pitching. 
I know everyone talks about Scherzer, but he's like 30-something, 36, 37 years old, whatever he is. You know, there's 39-year-old Justin Verlander coming off of Tommy John surgery. Gosman, who's pitching for the Giants, is a free agent. And then after that, it's like Marcus Stroman, who's the next best pitcher that's going to be available. So now I do think that there are guys that could be available this particular uh, trade deadline that are under contract for a while that could help the Dodgers or any team for that matter, but specifically in this case, the Dodgers. Greg, are you kicking the tires on on making a deal, not just for the short term, because that makes sense, but a guy that you think could fit long term? Should that be on the priority list for Andrew Friedman at the moment, considering some of the challenges that he's got coming up, including Clayton Kershaw's free agency. Yeah, there's a lot of guys with free agency coming up. You're going to have to start paying Corey Seager, who's a free agent this offseason. You're going to have to pay Cody Bellinger. You're going to have to pay Walker Bueller eventually. There's a lot of guys that you're going to have to pay eventually, but that's how Andrew Friedman works. He's going to go and try and get somebody like a Jose Barrios uh, in Minnesota who still has a couple years left of control. They're not going to just go after somebody like... I don't know if I don't think they're going to go after Max Scherzer because Max Scherzer has no, no. Gonna, but the kid from the Rockies, Marquez, is really yeah, good. Yeah, Herman Marquez is really good. I don't, trading in division might be a little bit tough to to make happen because they're probably going to want everything for that. But they're going to go after guys that are going to make that are going to be around for a lot longer because also because they have guys in the minors that are going to be around for a lot longer. I, it's it's a tough situation, but if you can get another front line starter and actually another big piece in the bullpen. Like that's where I would kind of go is more towards the bullpen for this offseason for the uh, playoffs this year. I'll buy that. I think. Uh, listen, I think if, again, you're 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 about now, and I hear what you're saying, George, about thinking about the future. But right now, um, you are exclusively. This is my opinion about right now. But I think you could do both. Season. Is my point. You can. If you want you pitching, the offseason is not going to be some sort of place where you're going to be able to solve those issues. Okay, you, you might so you have to, to kind of play 3D chess is my point with pitching. Well, listen, um, there are, there is one huge question mark in particular around this pitching staff, and I think we all know what it is. What is going to happen? Will he ever come back? Will he ever play for this team again? Will they have any recourse because of what has taken place? I mean, it, it's a big, big question mark. And I think, Well, I, I'll tell you this. I'll tell ahead. you this. I spoke to an attorney. Yeah. Okay, and I just we happen to be having, having you know a meal together. Okay, just Sam and Ash. No, it wasn't Sam and Ash. No, oh, all right. Um, it's just an attorney friend of mine. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and I I asked them, um, you know, him and his his wife. They they're both attorneys, different places, but they're both attorneys. And I asked them, like, what do you think of this situation? And they said that. Obviously, the legal process has to play out. But if they, you know, because I said, do you think he ever pitches in a Dodge uniform again? And they were like, "Mm, I don't know. Like, again, based on what's been made public, there's a lot there that, you know, uh, if it gets down to the legal process, um, that can be uh, litigated is the way they described it. And I'm trying to put this delicately, right? Like, so they said, don't get too ahead of yourself with that take that th- this this thing has a long way to go and the legal process has to play out. And clearly the Dodgers are willing to let that process play out. Um, I, I mean, that seems obvious to me. Um, because if they didn't care, Kaplan, if they, if they didn't want him in a uniform, they, they would take on the players' union and just be like, we're done with him. They would have done that already. They would have distanced themselves from it and just dealt with whatever the fallout was going to be there with the players' union. 
Um, so I, when thinking about all that, and again, he's being, um, you know, he, he's being accused of something pretty heinous, right? So I, I think that, but it is a he said, she said situation. So not to go too far into that, but basically what these f- attorney friends of mine were telling me, a husband and wife were telling me is that there's a long way still to go before you get to that particular opinion. Yeah, I, I got to say, though, that when we say he said, she said, to me, it's like they both said. She made accusations, and he came back and said, yeah, those are things that happened, but it was consensual. And I just feel like the Dodgers have been able to get Major League Baseball to take them off the hook, so it's not the Well, Dodgers no, no, they didn't make- get Major League Baseball to take them off the hook. That's the way it's, it's delineated. Well, it's, the Dodgers cannot put him on administrative leave. That is a collectively bargained situation that both the players' union and the league has to agree upon. The I'll team doesn't have control it. of that. I'll rephrase it then. The Dodgers having Major League Baseball making these decisions for them is helping them. Um, because I don't think anybody in the Dodger franchise would say, look, we're paying this guy a fortune. we got to get him out on the field. I think everybody would know that the negative PR would be would create a ton of backlash. It already has. I mean, there is a lot of negative sure. PR out there. Sure. So, but if I were the Dodgers, if I were in their situation, the one thing I'd be thinking to myself is I signed this guy to a short-term deal to an enormous amount of money, and right now he's not playing not because he's injured, He's playing because of the baggage. And this is exactly what I tried to say to you guys at the beginning of the year. Not that I knew that something like this was going to be happening. I just was saying that you have a championship club and a championship clubhouse, and you've brought in an X-factor personality, and now it's kind of blown up. That's all. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 look, and again, all this stuff has to play out uh, in the legal process. What he's accused of, as I mentioned, is heinous. Now, he says that it was consensual. We're going to have to find out and see what the, you know, the legalities of this ends up becoming. So, you know, it's not really anything we can have a take or an opinion on, to be frank with you. Uh, All right, coming up next, all I'm saying is that that's what the attorney said. Like, hey, this has got a long, this process has a long way to go. You know, one, you know, reacting one way or another is not a prudent decision. All right, we'll be back in four minutes. Everyone's favorite segment, the most listened to segment on the show each and every day. Big deal or no deal. We'll be back in cuatro minutos, four. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Before we get to Greg, speaking of big deals, it's a big deal for you to call the right attorney when you're injured in an accident. Call my friends at Sam and Ash Law at 800-304-2000. Did you write that down? Did you put it in your cell phone? Here you go. One more time. 800-304-2000. When you get in an accident and you're injured, call them. Sam and Ash, 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. What's right, Greg? All right, Cap. A Yankee yes, fan threw a baseball at Red Sox outfielder and former Dodger Alex Verdugo on Such Saturday. BS. Such yeah. BS. Yeah. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. Sorry. The fan was found and has now been banned from every single major league ballpark for life. Mm-hmm. Is this punishment a big deal or no deal? I'm going to say no deal because the obvious answer would be big deal. So I'm going to try and convince you no deal. Here goes. First of all, start off with this. Any fan who can throw a ball from the stands and hit a player, that's freaking amazing accuracy. Seriously. No warm-up of any kind. Okay, jokes aside, how do you ban a guy from every ballpark 
on the planet for life. And I mean Major League ballparks. Seriously. Like, let's say the guy decides to go to Dodger Stadium. He walks in. He got on a hat and a pair of sunglasses. You think they got, like, facial ID as soon as he walks in? And they're like, yo, 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 gate three. That's the dude who threw the ball at Yankee Stadium at Verdugo. I mean, I really don't understand how you enforce this ban for life. So I know it's a big deal that a, a, a fan would throw something and hit a player, but I'm going to say no deal on the ban for life because I don't understand the enforcement. Okay. Uh, I, now, clearly, um, when you – okay, so here's the way the – I get what you're saying. I think it's a big deal um, because you have to do something. You have to set a precedent, and I think that is the right precedent to be set because a lot of these situations, particularly like, for example, the ones in the NBA – Ha- now, to my knowledge, have been they've been banned from, you know, specific a specific arena, right, mm-hmm. in a specific town. To ban yeah. him from all of them is interesting because now it does not allow him to buy a ticket, Kaplan, and here's the reason why: because when you buy a ticket for Major League Baseball through a Major League Baseball team, the yeah. way that it's set up is they have a specific ticket, like app right or website Mm -hmm. that you have to go through and they can absolutely add people's names onto some sort of list there that won't let you uh, buy those tickets now does it mean your friend can't buy the ticket for you um, and you pay them back no so there is certainly the ability to work around that Uh, and you're right there's no picture um, you know of some guy at every stadium saying this guy can't be let in but it at least makes it that much more difficult to, for that to be the case. And here's the deal. Uh, the people at that stadium, at Yankee Stadium, know exactly who that guy was. Um, well, so, they pointed him out right away. I don't know if you saw right. the video from out there. They were like, when security came, they're like, him, right here, yeah. him, and he's the, the guy. And the video's out there, and we've seen yeah. the guy's face. So, you know, look, I, I, I think that at least at certain places, fans may call the person out because they don't want to be associated with the guy who was a jerk. I just, all I'm saying is this that this notion of ban for life sounds really good, and I agree right. with you, George. It's I mean, just hard to enforce. To I agree. Right. That's yes. what I'm getting at. It is hard to enforce, but what, what are you supposed to do? Not do anything? No, you got to do something, obviously. Um, listen, do you, do you ban for life? I've never heard the phrase before. In other words, guy runs onto a football field butt naked and has 20 security guys chasing after him. You know, do, is that guy banned for life? I mean, I don't know. I don't I, know, man. I don't think that's the same thing, though. Well, he's interrupted the game. He's interrupted he's, the game, but he hasn't tried to harm anyone. So so if you streak on a field and you interrupt the game, you're like, hey, you're kicked out of this game, but welcome back next Sunday. Well, I think that I don't, I don't equate throwing a ball, a ball at someone, a baseball nonetheless, from 100 feet away or more, um, and, you know, pretty far up in the stands, um, to streaking? No, I don't I compare. You, I don't you, think those but, things are equitable. But you, you've seen, you've seen, for example, guy catches a home run ball, and the fans are like, throw it back, throw it back, and you throw the ball back. You know, like dangerous, right? Right. But the guy throws it back onto the grass, dude. Like, well, it, dude, it's no, not... you, you think this guy really thought he was going to be able to hit him? Because I'll tell you right now, if I give the guy five thousand throws, he'll never do it again. Oh, I think he clearly. I think that's what he was trying to do. I mean, you watched the. Did you see how it unfolded? He hit I him did. right in the back. Like, I know. Is it a hell I mean, of a throw? Right, and you're right. Maybe it was, takes one out of five thousand, but that was the one that hit, and that connected. Incredible accuracy, amazing accuracy from a fan in the stands. No warm up of any kind. Right, but he, 
so what? It's guy's a jerk. So, I got it. Look, man, just be okay, so basically you're telling me that if you if you if you aren't paying attention in your car and you hit somebody's car, um, you're saying, Oh, but that's a one in five thousand things. I've always looked at my phone and been able to drive. But that's the one that happened. You got into the accident. So you get the ticket, you gotta deal with the person, you know, fixing their car, fixing your car, all that. That's the way it works. That's how life works. Well, he's banned for life, and and I will be curious to see if this guy starts showing up in other ballparks, we'll taking see. selfies, bragging like, "Yo, you may have banned me for life." Well, if but you I got do in. that, then you're an idiot because then you're really calling attention to yourself, and then you're really <laughs> going to be it's easier to enforce. Then, well, glad nobody got hurt. I'll say that. Yeah. All right. Next. All right, Sedano. There's a new rumored power couple that made the rounds this week on the social video for mm. social media world. Mm-hmm. I, I can't speak, don't worry. Social Ade- media world. Thank you. Adele and Rich Paul. Yeah, we're spotted yes. courtside at the NBA Finals for Game yes. 5 in Phoenix. Yes. Is this yes. pairing a big deal or no deal? Big deal. Big deal. You know, two power brokers. Rich Paul is, you know, I mean, he's the most powerful agent in the NBA. Uh, Adele is one of the most powerful people in music. Um you know, I've told you, I've, I, you know, I was with Adele at Magic Castle, not with her. <laughs> she sat in front of out? me at Magic Castle on a New Year's a couple of years ago. Um, she was snuck in while the act was already happening, and she just happened to be seated in front of me with, at that time, her ex-husband. Um, I saw Rich Paul earlier this week, had no idea, uh, until I, uh, you know, we, we chatted for a moment. I, I'm, Rich and I are cool, um, and uh, I'm happy for him. I, listen, good for Rich, good for Adele. You know, I'm, I'm rooting for those kids. Let's go. Once again, I'm going to have to go with no deal here. Um, I got it. George, you, you lay it out beautifully. I mean, you're talking about one of the biggest superstar agents in, in sports. You're talking about one of the biggest superstars in music. So by virtue of those two things, it's automatically a big deal. But I'm kind of like not really that interested in uh, celebrity canoodling at basketball games. So for me, I got it. I see the story. I read the story. I appreciate how big a stars we're talking about. But me personally, no deal. Okay. On to the next one. Wait, actually, I take it back. I want to hear Laura's opinion on this. It's a huge deal. I love Adele. She's amazing. And you got two people that are hella important coming together. I'm with it. Uh, All right. Now on to the next one. (laughs) All right. So I'm not a big Bruce Springsteen guy. I don't really know. I just, before I go to this question, is Thunder Road a good, a big song, an important song in any means? Do you know the song at all? Thunder Road? Maybe Thunder I, Road. I know the song. Yeah, I know the song. I'm, I'm also with you, Bergman. I'm not like the world's biggest boss fan. You know, I mean, if you're from New Jersey, it's like sacrilege. Oh, it's a Springsteen song. Then I've probably yeah. heard it. Yeah. You right. probably, yeah. All right. So if you guys don't really know it that well, then I'll go to a different. I'll go to a different. Well, uh, now you got me interested, question. though. I mean, if you want me to, but the song. All right, thund- just go. Good Lord. <laughs> well, he wanted me to go to it. So I know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just go. All right. The song Thunder Road by Bruce Springsteen at the very beginning of the song. Go ahead and hit it, Laura. All right, you can stop it right there. So in the lyric sheet and in the original album on every website, it says waves. The screen door slam and Mary's dress waves. But now Bruce's longtime manager, John Landau, is correcting the lyrics to say Mary's dress sways 46 years later. Is this a big deal or no deal? 
is no deal because I couldn't understand a word he was saying in a way. Right, uh, I agree. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. It doesn't really matter. I don't care. It's, <laughs> it's more like 46 years later, you're trying to change a song? I mean, listen, you know, I covered a guy in the NFL when I was a kid named Patrick Sertan. He used to go, everyone used to call him Patrick Sertain. His son just got drafted, actually, to the Denver Broncos, I believe, Patrick mm-hmm. Sertan Jr. And I covered him for at least five years until he finally corrected um, someone in the media and said, hey, by the way, I just want to let you all know my name is Patrick Sertan, not Sertain, because it's spelled S-U-R-T-A-I-N. Mm-hmm. And we were like, Pat, why didn't you say something before? He's like, ah, you know, I, just, you know, I didn't want to correct anybody. So, yeah, I mean, look, it's not the same thing, but your name is more important than a song lyric. Well, so, uh, yeah, I mean, nah, whatever. Dude. So, you know, Travis Kelsey, the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs, mm-hmm. he came out a couple days ago and said that it's not Travis Kelsey, it's Travis Kels. And we've been saying it wrong. He just never wanted to correct anybody. So now we need to know. It's tra- it's your name, bro. We need to know. Travis Kells. Bro, the Nationals are winning a game 18 to nothing right now. John oh, Lester exactly. has a home run in that game. Yeah. 18 to nothing. Good God. It's only Who the seventh inning. Who are they beating up on? Who are they playing? The Marlins. Ugh. My God. The Dodgers couldn't beat the Marlins in two out of three games. I don't even understand how that happened. And that anyway, first place on the line during all that time, too. Yeah, and, and it gets to your point earlier about how big these games are against San Francisco because you mentioned the Padres. The Padres have four against the Marlins coming up. So, I mean, they're in Atlanta. Then they go to, to Florida or to Miami to take on the Marlins. Yeah, so the, the schedule is is very good for the Padres and a lot harder for the Dodgers and the Giants right now. Planus, I mean, uh, Planus. Planus is my buddy who's a Marlins fan. I was going to text him. Um, Laura, what did you just say in my ear? I said the Brujas, man, the bad juju. They got a, they got it in for us, the Dodgers. So, you know, when we play, I was going to curse, bad teams. <laughs> <laughs> Why we lose to them? It's like, go with your bad juju somewhere else and leave us alone, please. Haters. Good yeah. Lord. All right, one more. Go ahead. All right, Sedano, legendary NBA head coach George Carl, quote, tweeted a Woj tweet about Will Barton of the Nuggets declining his option with, use the money, Nuggets, and go get Lonzo. Is this a big deal or no deal? Ooh, it is a big deal. I like George Carl. He's super spicy like that. He doesn't care. He has never cared. He actually hasn't always gotten along with all his players. Um, You know, I know Gary Payton and him get along really well, but Ray Allen doesn't say nice things about him. Some guys... Love him. Clearly, DeMarcus Cousins doesn't. I, look, George Carl, I'm in because he gives us content. But it is a big deal. I actually think, hmm, could Denver use him more than Will Barton? I'd need time to really think about that. Um, I feel like they have enough scoring. Yeah, maybe Lonzo would be good for them. Um, all right, so I'll say big deal. Yeah. I'll have to go the opposite direction here, not just for the sake of argument, just because it's like, who cares? So what? So who cares what George Carl had to say about somebody else You know, going after a certain player? Like, to me... Again, the game is called big deal or no deal. To me, this is just not a big deal. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I mean, it's rare you get a guy who will say that. Retired guys, though, will say more stuff, I guess. But anyway, that is big deal or no deal. Brought to you by our friends at Salmon Ash Law. If you're injured in an accident, make sure you call my friends at Salmon Ash Law at 800-304-2000. Write it down. It's 800-304-2000 because you deserve what's right. All right, one more segment to go. I do want to tackle one thing that we never got to. Speaking of talking trash, right, or saying stuff, um, we got some trash talking in the NFL, and it was directed at Matt Stafford. We'll get to that in a second. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. (laughs) 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 That's great. Oh, that's fantastic. That is hilarious. That is hilarious. I do agree. Laura should be a bigger part of the show. I think we all agree that. Oh, my God, that's so funny. I, I, I like how Chris tried to make him run me under the bus. He was like, more than Sedano, right? Like, leading the witness. And he's like, nah. See, somebody out there is okay with me. I got to say, I really um, I saw a lot of these videos on social media, and I got to give Chris some props. I love the black-on-black look. It's a very easy look to wear. When you wear a black shirt with a black sport coat, a lot of people would be like, yo, what's up, Johnny Cash? I'm like, no, no, no. It's just easy. It always looks good. It always works. And you don't have to put a lot of thought into it. I'm a black-on-black kind of guy. Yeah, I mean, you can pull it off. I can pull it off. I've tried. I've pulled it off a few times. I may do that you know, next season in the NBA somewhere. I may just do the black-on-black. No tie. Just black-on-black. Just a black shirt. I have a black shirt that can go with a black suit. Just see how it looks. I think you should take it up a notch. And black turtleneck it with a black coat. And by the way, take your, make get a like a velvety black coat turtleneck. I mean, really go crazy, George. Well, I, I may have to do that. You know, turtleneck only comes out in the winter months. I understand, so, but I like it. Yeah. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah, I like uh, to have a warm real quick, neck. Uh, Greg. Can you repeat the story we did in the game at 4:30 uh, about Matthew Stafford? There was a uh, a player in the league that called Matthew Stafford out. Now, the name of said player was what? 49er safety Jimmy Ward. Right. He said that Matthew Stafford ain't no different, basically, that Matthew Stafford is the same dude that you saw in Detroit, um, and it ain't going to mean anything. Now, look, I do think this division will be tightly contested, as it pretty much is every year. And I could see the Niners, who have owned the Rams, okay, as much as the Rams have kind of owned Seattle, uh, the Niners have kind of owned the Rams. I could see that being a thing. Look, I, I believe that Matthew Stafford hasn't had the coaching that he's going to get on this roster. I don't believe Matthew Stafford has had the weapons on offense or the weapons on defense to help him um, that he's had that he will have here that he's had in Detroit. I know he had Megatron, uh, and that was what uh, Ward had said. Like, man, he couldn't do anything. He had Megatron, but the rest of the team wasn't so great either. Like, let's let's not forget that part of the equation. It was basically those two guys. So, yeah. Cap, yeah. do you believe – now, you have not been the biggest Matthew Stafford guy. Do Let you believe just, that this comment is warranted based on where he's coming from? Well, I, I, I do, but here's the thing. Let me ask you this. If a year ago I said to you, who would you rather have? Who's the better player, Matthew Stafford or Phillip Rivers? Who would you say? Um, who's the better – who is the better? I would say Matthew Stafford is the better quarterback. Okay, but you thought about it, right? Well, I mean, are you talking about like Philip Rivers, like at the end, or Philip Rivers in his prime, or well, like? But, but well, here, let me make the point. That's See, what the I was thinking is, about, okay, like more than so anything here, else. So here's the deal: Philip Rivers 
put up Hall of Fame caliber statistics. He did. And at the end of his career, there really just aren't the wins, the playoff appearances, the playoff wins, or anything that even sniffed a Super Bowl. When it's all said and done, Philip Rivers has Hall of Fame numbers, but he doesn't have the wins to show for it. And by the way, Matthew Stafford is in the exact same boat. He's got huge numbers, he doesn't have the wins, and he doesn't have the playoff appearances to, to really show off the kind of player that he has been. Now, when Phillip Rivers left the Chargers, he went to Indianapolis, and George, he could have kept playing. He played one season, he led the Colts to the playoffs, they didn't go very far, but at least he got to the postseason. Matthew Stafford is a very good statistical quarterback who has played on one of the worst franchises in the NFL, probably could have left a long-ass time ago, chose to stick it out, was making plenty of money, but probably believed in his heart he could be the guy who could help turn them around. Now he comes to a team that is a winner almost every year with a coach that everybody loves because his, his assistants get picked off every offseason. And now we're going to find out, is Matthew Stafford a great player on a bad team, now put a great player on a good team and see what happens? Or is he just the same guy that he was in Detroit and the wins won't follow? I tend to, if I had to bet on it, I would say that Matthew Stafford and the Rams will be a playoff caliber team, and people might change their perception about Matthew Stafford, by the way, including myself. Yeah, I, I think that that's the case. I just think that he just needs an opportunity to be on a, in, a, on a, in a real organization. <laughs> but you know so, what he's not, George? The one thing he's not, though, and, and I think this is where people kind of get a little confused. He's not Tom Brady, meaning... No. Forget about the Super Bowls for a second. What I mean by that is this. Tom Brady walked into the Buccaneers franchise and looked around, whether it was the head coach, the general manager, or the last guy on the roster, and Tom Brady had every single person in that franchise saying, Tom, lead us. Tell right. us what to do because you have the formula. Matthew Stafford, completely different situation. He's been a, a great player on a terrible team. And he's walking into a very good, solid franchise. And no one's saying to Matt Stafford, teach us what you know because you've won so many championships. They're saying, we're the winners. You are the loser. No, no, I, I don't think that. I, I think that you're, they're, they're not saying you're the loser. No, no, I think you understand what I'm saying? That, that you were on a losing franchise. Come join the winners and bring your skill set and bring your statistics right. and watch what happens. Because we need that because we didn't have it <laughs> with Jared Goff. So I, I don't think I, – I think it's the way you frame it, and you framed it like he's the loser. Right. He came well, from a loser franchise. That's right. That's right. He did. Came from a loser franchise. Yeah. Does, uh, he, you know does, does he walk through the door, and I'll put this in quotes, change the culture? No, he's not no, that. He, he's going no, out you, there to go and ball out, and, right. and he's going to – and that's it. And if they put up wins and he puts up numbers, so be it. But he's going to put up numbers, right. and he's, he's gonna they're going to put the up culture. wins. Right. He's going to uh, join the Rams culture. Right. Whereas Tom Brady was brought in to completely right, but who cares? change the culture. He doesn't need to be Tom Brady. Of course not. But what I'm saying is, is that when you go out and you look for a veteran quarterback, who, by the way, seemed like everybody wanted a piece of, because it wasn't just the Rams. You know the story the of the Niners. Rams and the Niners yeah. were like, yeah. I mean, they the Niners thought we got them. Right. And the next morning found out they didn't. Yeah. And so, I mean, believe me when I tell you this. My opinion is, I see a guy who's been on a bad franchise putting up big numbers, and now I want to see what happens when he goes into a good team. But everybody else in the NFL is like, no, you don't get it. This guy is one of the really great players. He just needs to be in a good situation. Yeah, and I think this is the situation. You know, 
I, I, I look. There are guys that that are game changers as far as personalities in the locker room. Michael Irvin is one of those guys who has been in the news today all over the place for uh, ripping the Cowboys for potentially missing the 85% vaccinated threshold because if you in the NFL if you get 85% uh, vaccinated threshold on your roster, uh, they will ease the COVID restrictions. And mm-hmm. he's basically saying if you don't want to do that, you don't want to win enough. So, and I kind of kind of don't blame him. It's funny, like someone actually had a really funny line on Twitter and said that his, his slogan is better than anything the CDC has put out. <laughs> I agree with Michael Irvin. Listen, if you're serious about winning a championship, then, you know, this is part of the sacrifice you make. I, you know, we can get it deeper into this tomorrow, but I agree with Michael Irvin. Yeah, I, I think that I agree with him, and we can get further into it tomorrow. I do believe that it's ultimately it, – the NFL is already a battle of attrition. This season, because of the virus, again, it will be a bigger battle of attrition. Excellent work, Scott Kaplan. Great job, Greg and Laura. We will be back mañana at 3.55. See you then.